Welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers, giving you the motivation and inspiration you need to make the most of your later years. Whether you're still in the planning stages or you're several years in, we'll share stories from boomers who refuse to act their age and continue to live a life inspired. Let them show you how being old can be new if you know what to do with your host, Terry Lorbeer. Hello and welcome to Kick-Ass Boomers. My guest today is Dr. George Ackerman. George wanted to honor his mother and continue to help in the Parkinson's cause. Together for Sharon is a movement. No one is alone in this fight. In memory of their mother, Sharon Riff Ackerman, created to raise awareness and hope for a cure for Parkinson's disease. They started Together for Sharon in 2020 as a family for the purpose of keeping their mother, Sharon Riff Ackerman's memory alive and to share the message of Parkinson's awareness and hope for a cure. Welcome, George. How are you today? Good. Thank you and your listeners and viewers for the opportunity to speak to you today. It means the world to my family and myself. It's an important topic, George, because... Um, you know, it's dementia, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, they're very related, but people don't hear as much about Parkinson's. So it's good that you can help fill us in and, uh, you know, tell us how it started with your mother and some of the problems What do you want to share. But so let's start with uh, by hearing your mother's story and feel free to share whatever you would like with my audience to know about your mother, who was also your best friend. Thank you. Yeah, I had an odd, I guess you call it an odd relationship. My mother and I were very close. She was my best friend, but we would speak uh, several times a day. And uh, anytime, anytime I had a good, bad, or you know, outstanding, sad news, I would call my mother first to share. I always valued her advice. Uh, she was a very independent woman. Uh, my parents were divorced, so my mother was a school teacher, and I gave up her whole career to take care of me growing up. And I find that my success is only due to her sacrifice. So uh, my goal with this really was just to kind of make sure she's never forgotten. Hopefully my kids, I have a, three children, hopefully they'll continue this on. But my mother has a long story, but to make it a little you know, shorter, for our purposes, she had Parkinson's for approximately 15 years. For about like 10, 11, didn't really affect her life you know, changing. Uh, she had some stiffness in her left arm. But she still was able to live alone, to drive alone, to shop alone. And we didn't ignore it, but I didn't honestly know much about it because, again, it didn't really uh, affect the whole family or my mother as badly as it did the final year. For some reason, whether it was just the time or if it was maybe just the, uh, sorry about that, maybe it was just the, uh, you know, time of the, changing a medicine but she had gone to do a study because she was kind of and this is 1999 she was out of ideas we tried everything from uh chiropractor doctors pain medicine to this and that to 15 different parkinson specialists and you just couldn't you know find the cure there isn't one so we she decided to try and participate in a study uh at a university i won't mention but some reason they drastically changed her medicines and that really started the final downfall in 1999 when she passed in the 1-1-2020. So that final year just changed our whole world. I became her uh, primary caretaker because the night she came home, 
from that uh, trip, GX, I, I received a call from my father who was in New York, we're in Florida, and he said, I need to rush over to my mother's house because she's uh, having an attack. So I got there like 4 a.m. and I work in law enforcement, so I'm kind of used to never sleeping, but uh, I got there and I saw her and was, she was panicking, but she was moving her furniture out of her house, worried that there was someone trying to harm her. So huh. she actually, uh, we found out when I rushed her to the ER that she might not have made it that night. Uh, all the medicines cause a UTI. And on top of that, she also had dementia and Parkinson's. So all these things to a body, uh, you know, of any age cause very bad effects. So that was the start of where I really took over her life. And from that day on, she uh, ended up not being able to, or at least gradually losing like less the ability to drive, the less the ability to walk. And those are things for an independent, strong woman that uh, really crushed her. And uh, we always tried to keep hope that, you know, we would have a cure, try and at least uh, live with it because they say, and again, every individual Parkinson's is so different, but they say you can uh, still live, you know, long life with Parkinson's. You might pass from something else, but she had no other uh, issues. But the last part of this story which I try to give a little bit more cheerful things, but this was a tough one. When I brought her to the hospital, I had gone back home to pick up some of her clothes, and uh, I found post-it notes throughout her room, and they were literally uh, names of people and my pets that might not have uh, been living anymore, or people who were in other states, and she wrote notes saying who was really there. So the delusions and the effects of Parkinson's and dementia really set in and that's kind of the saddest moment to go had in my whole life that i'm uh and i'll never forget yeah that is sad it's really hard when it's a parent and especially if you were that close to your mom it makes it even worse um and my father had dementia and he was in a home for over 10 years before he passed away so the same thing although it was a little easier because he didn't he forgot he didn't know who he was or who we were or so we would go and visit him and he would have a good time and enjoy us but he didn't know we were his kids so it was sad for us but not so sad for him so it's yeah. uh but it's a it's a tough disease it really is and we swore we would never put her in a home and it was odd because i we had we actually we don't have the time but a lot of time I speak uh, all over the world now, and I don't have I don't talk enough about the finances. But for an individual with Parkinson's or the family, there was a point in the last year we were spending twelve thousand a month just for caretakers. She needed round the uh, clock care, and the the potential uh, individuals we were hiring were horrible. Like the I'm in South Florida, and they just the they called them nurses, but they really weren't. You know, they would just care people kind of just here and there, you know, just visiting the country and things, and some didn't even speak uh, English. So it was mm -hmm. extremely hard to get the right person because I worked 24-7, uh, but we didn't want to put her anywhere. So we bought a really nice home. I dreamed in my uh, in my dreams and reality. I thought she'd be able to live, you know, 10, 15 years in a nice backyard looking at the lake in her favorite day and hours of Sundays where she would blow bubbles in the backyard with her grandkids. And even during the tough time, she always, uh, she would cry, but she would say, I'm not giving up because I want to be there for the grandkids. But, mm. uh, you know, the, it just took the, her toll, a toll. Right. Once it gets that bad, it, it's just not worth holding on for an hour of day of good time. And then the rest is just torture. It's just not worth it. 
I know every day. tried music therapy for a little bit, and and music therapy works with dementia too. So tell us a little bit about how that worked. Yeah, you know, the reason I started together for Sharon.com, it's just a website. We're not a foundation. I just uh, just me, my wife, my uh, family, but I do most of it. Mm-hmm. And I have this little. I don't know if you can see this little pin. It's yes. the tulip for Parkinson. Yeah, I never leave anywhere now. Anywhere I go, I'm always wearing it whenever I'm dressed up. But I think the biggest problem in our country or in, uh, is really awareness. I think that I personally feel we would have a cure if enough people were aware. I was shocked to learn that I know there's a million people approximately in the U.S., which unfortunately to some individuals is not a lot. But then I actually was uh, really had a great opportunity and I was virtual but to learn about something called the World Parkinson's Congress. And it's something that meets every few years. And this year it was in Barcelona, Spain. I couldn't attend due to work and I had my my own back issues, but I was able to, because of social media, to meet a lot of the individuals. But there are probably thousands and thousands of individuals around the world who have Parkinson's or advocate like I do. And they all meet for this one meeting for four days. And it was just a, they even had Paul McCarthy speak from the Beatles. So it was a shock. It opened my eyes to see how many people uh, it really affects around the world, not just the US. And a lot of people just, again, aren't aware. I'm in South Florida. Unfortunately, we have a few organizations, but they only have like a walk a year. Last time we had a walk in Parkinson's Foundation, we donated $1,000 to have a table and we pass out uh, these bands. I give them for free. It just says together for Sharon in memory of Sharon. But uh, unfortunately, in Florida weather, there was a tornado that day. So while we were standing there, the, all the things blew away. <laughs> so that was my and my point is, is unfortunately, it's just not enough. Uh, you know, oh, it's great yeah. to have, you know, walk, but we need much more. There are other local resources, but uh, I see like the Michael J. Fox Foundation is incredible. They seem to be based more out of New York. We don't have any uh, chapter here. I wish they did. But uh, what I wanted to finish this area was uh, because of that World Parkinson's Congress, I was able to reach out to thousands of people. And I decided, you know, we have the website, it's out there, it's not, it's alive, but not much is happening, occasional walk. So I decided uh, not just, this is not just about my mother, obviously I want her to be remembered, but it's about bringing awareness for everyone. So in the last month or two, I've interviewed over about 220 people who are either in the Parkinson's community because they have Parkinson's or they're a family member or just really trying to make a difference, doctors, uh, even a lawyer. So uh, that's if you go to www.togetherforsharon.com, click on interviews, it's a whole new thing and you'll really find it fascinating. I think that it's just affecting people again around the world and it makes me feel good because it helps me cope because even though it's been three years, I've, I personally for mentally, I still uh, have problems because I miss her. Uh, every day so this helps me to know that there's other people and like we're meeting us for the second time uh, because you're such an incredible person and uh, your audience is amazing that it it really brings me closer to individuals like you and also individuals in the community because we've all gone through something that not everyone has and uh, you know i just feel very close to those people Right. And Michael J. Fox got this very young. And I saw another young woman on your website, 37 years old, who was also diagnosed. And that's just terribly young uh, to live with it for, you know, but Michael J. Fox is still alive. It's amazing. Um, But I I understand he's having a hard time now because it has progressed so much at this point. 
Right, and that's called the young on or early onset Parkinson. So there are individuals, and there's a lot of great organizations out there. Uh, and I actually have interviewed a lot of those individuals. They're really incredible people. One thing is when we do the walks, I had. It's funny because again, I we have a table. We're not looking to buy anything or sell, and we don't accept money personally. We do allow individuals to donate to the American Parkinson's Disease uh, Association or. Michael J. Fox Foundation or Parkinson's Foundation or one of their choice. But so we are, you know, three us is about a row of 20 different organizations, like medical and they're selling things. But then you'll find us in the middle. And one <laughs> time someone, would, someone, I wanted to hand them a band and they were running away. And when I explained what we, what it is, they came over and cried. So it's oh, really a, one, yeah. my, my big thing with all this is really I want people who are in the Parkinson's world to know there are individuals like me who might be uh, strangers, but we uh, love you and we care a lot about you and we are doing this to support you. And as a caretaker, that could be another hour conversation, but I did really feel alone. I didn't know who to turn to. I called some resources, but they just, it was too late. So I felt uh, very alone. I'm the kind of person who always wants to go forward, but never regret something in the past. But I tried everything like it. I mean, we, I'm in law enforcement. We even tried to have my mother in Florida. You're allowed to have a license for medical marijuana. That didn't work out. And there was not one thing. If I look today, if it happened today, there's not one thing I would do differently because it's just nothing. I'm praying one day there's a cure and it won't help us, but it will help uh, millions of future individuals. And in, in reality, I could get Parkinson's. It's not a genetic disease, but there's no telling anyone who's listening if they don't have a could. So obviously, we don't want to scare anyone, but it's so important to understand that there are ways to not, uh, I, it's not combating it, but really to still live a good life with it. Uh, the, the big thing is that we're moving. So I found in all my research, and I'm writing a book now, hopefully it'll, it'll be in a year about my journey with my mother, that moving and uh, exercise has been one of the most fascinating areas because it affects, it debilitates or harms the, the neurological process like your brain. So if you exercise, if you are uh, nutrition, uh, diet, those types of things, they won't stop the progression, but they will fight it. So moving is the biggest thing. They have a moving day. Uh, they have rock steady boxing. So people, uh, unfortunately, my mother, it was too late at that point. Right. That's a shame. And, you know, movement's good for a lot of diseases. I had cancer at age 66 and I knew exercise was very important to help me get through it and to maybe not have it come back again. So I'm out walking every day. Uh, and when I, I'm moving to Florida, I'm not there yet, but I'm moving to Florida by the end of the year. So I want, and I'm moving because I want to stay active. I want to be outside walking every day and you can't do, I'm up in Doylestown, Pennsylvania, which is the Northeast. And in the wintertime, if it's snowy or icy, you don't want to go out. I don't want to fall and break a hip. So I tend to be more cautious and don't go walking. But in Florida, I can walk almost every day. So, and swim and do all kinds of things. So, unless it's 105 degrees. Well, yeah, <laughs> then you either go out early in the morning or late at night or you skip that day. But I miss a lot more days up here than I would in Florida. So I'm good with that. You know, the snow keeps us in up here. The heat might keep you in down there, but I'd rather have the heat than the snow. 
And I, that wasn't, I mean, if you asked me that five years ago, I would have said, no way, I'm never moving to Florida. I hate the heat. I don't want to go. But I'm moving to go to the villages, which is a 55 plus community. And they're super, super active. And there's tons of stuff to do. That's why I'm going there versus anywhere else. It's a little cheaper to live down there than up here. And there's just so much more to do. So, and keeping active and engaged will help any disease, but it will help Parkinson's if you're moving and it, it affect it helps your brain stay more active and engaged as well. So tell me, what were the early mm-hmm. symptoms that maybe people might not recognize? I know shaking is one, but were there other things that you weren't aware were symptoms that came up? Yeah, the main thing is uh, well, with my mother, her left arm, she had trouble using it. It kind of got stiffer. And then uh, one of the scarier things with her toes were curl and like a lot of the areas of her body was harder to control mm-hmm. but again i thought for many years she was able to still function and not really she still was able to eat out but then when the progression started and they say there's different stages when she finally made it sadly to stage five it was harder to you know eat to walk to she went from walking to the walker from the walker to the wheelchair and then i won't get into it but the last seven days of her life she really was just uh, there, but wasn't even alive anymore. And it's sad because, again, some of these states, and I'm not uh, saying what people should do, but I, you know, they treat our animals better than our loved ones, which is really sad. Florida doesn't have the death with dignity law, which New Jersey does. I feel for some families, again, you should have that uh, choice because for seven days, she just wasn't, uh, she couldn't even talk. So I agree because that, she's not going to come back. So why aren't we making it easier? She's, uh, yeah. my father, when he died too, was laying in the bed the last like three or four or five days. It wasn't talking. So same thing. But yeah, here in Pennsylvania, we don't have anything to help. If you go to our website, if you scroll down on the main page, I actually had the great opportunity because we had a music therapist came in and it was hard because some weeks she didn't want it. Some weeks my mother did, but at, towards the very last week or two, uh, she actually, I played guitar for 18 years, more for fun, but I was able to play her favorite song from Cats, which she and I went to when I was a little child uh, to see in Broadway because we're from New York, so, uh, Memory, so that was her favorite song. Oh, I, I love that song, yep. I was yep. able to play it on guitar with the therapist, and the last thing my mother ever really said to us was she loved it, so that was kind of the... Uh, uh, last time we ever really said words together and actually i don't have her but i have the videotape of us playing for her and we put it on the website so that was uh you know life-changing but glad i was able to share that with her and now uh, lately uh, yeah. part of advocacy is also last week I, if you also i don't know if i told you but i spoke in front of the palm beach county uh, it's a chamber of uh, the commissioners so it's all the elected commissioners of the entire county which we have over three million people I spoke for a few minutes uh, and they declared or proclaimed uh, this, uh, I think it was a week ago that day, for together for Sharon Day in memory of my mother and the whole county. So that was a really great opportunity because it brings awareness, you know, throughout the county. And uh, I've also had the honor to speak on behalf of the Michael J. Fox Foundation to my local uh, senator. And it was a three-minute speech, which we put on the website, too. I practice that thing 20 times, no problem. I'm a, big, uh, I'm a good speaker. Like I like to talk. I'm a professor. I teach. A, I have a PhD in criminal justice, so I teach around the world. And I'm never shy. But uh, for some reason that day and that time, I just fell apart during the call. 
There are a few other individuals with Parkinson's and the part that got me and even now it still gets me. I won't now fall apart, but uh, when I tell that her dream was to spend the Sundays blowing bubbles with the grandkids and she never will have that opportunity. So those, those are the reasons why no matter how much work I have in my own life, how much time I'll always still dedicate all those free hours to Parkinson's awareness and hope for a cure for other people. Right. And your mother would have been my age because I just turned 73 July 20th and her yeah. birthday would have been September 28th, I think. Yeah, you're really good. Yep, exactly. Yeah, so we're really close. So yeah. it's a shame, uh, you know, she could still be around if she hadn't gotten Parkinson's and would have lived many, many more years. So it's very sad when they're taken that young. And the odd part of me, I guess some part of my brain is saying to give up. My mother's funny. If you met her, she would have said, don't, George, don't waste your time. Go spend it with the kids. But <laughs> but um, part of me is like uh, doing the math. Like you said, if she, let's say she was, uh, I think she would have been like 73 or two. But right. let's, I, I feel like, and I could be completely wrong, but in No, she was born in 1950, so she would have been 73. Yep. Yeah, so I, I feel like individuals really, obviously, they can live longer, but to be fair and reasonable, at least to like 85, that would have been nice if she would have had another 10 years. So yeah. I find like, I find every year, because it's tough during her birthday, we light a candle, but I find like myself counting, and when she gets to 85, obviously, I won't be happier, but I'll feel like a little bit more at peace, right. but- so we, we even when she passed, I mean, for the holidays, we kept a chair for her. And it's just, uh, I have three children. The youngest at the time was about three. So he met her, but he'll never remember her. No. So I do, the, uh, I do this again. I have a video of my oldest daughter who came home that day, like hysterically crying. And she still remembers her. And, you know, we, uh, we always joke with stories and just whatever we can do to keep her uh, memory alive. And I have every social media you could dream of. They're all linked to our page. And I probably, uh, I actually getting hand problems at Carpal Tunnel from is when I work all day and then go to Parkinson's awareness. And, you know, part of me says rest, but then the other part is like, you don't have time to rest. We have to keep fighting. So, uh, you know, like I'll, I'll put posts all day and night, videos, things, and just to get the people out there knowing that we're out there fighting for them. Right. So what's the biggest message you'd like the audience to know? Is there like one thing that you want to make sure we understand about Parkinson's so that we can help other people be aware and so that if it affects any of us, because we're all boomers, any of us could still get it. Yeah, my biggest uh, hope and wish and last thing to leave is just that you're not alone. Like uh, there are people out there, there's incredible support groups. If you go to our website again, we don't get anything for going there. So it's funny because we have a little counter for myself to see how many people are coming. But I look at them like, you know, we don't really need that because I'm not asking anyone to come for any reason except that there are a lot of resources. Right. You can go right to send the interviews. Every interview I do over 200, whatever it is, 300 soon, they have the their contact information. So if you see someone who does art therapy or you see someone who I've interviewed who does dog therapy, which is beautiful, you can actually contact them and maybe they can come to your area. So there's just so many people and what I did again, and why I do the interviews and I'll never stop. And I didn't realize how much it costs because as you know, hosting the website, but I didn't realize I was getting so into it. I had back surgery at the time, so I had a little more time, but it got uh, out of control and I love it. So I'm not going to stop, but I mean, we probably spent about $6,000 just hosting 
and putting up interviews and you know editing them but it means a lot to me like if i'm ever remembered for anything it's really just uh the um, uh, you know my son who lost their love to uh, their mother uh, who was also my best friend but that no one's alone i felt alone so we can always talk about as me as a caretaker but then also my mother's journey and there's just so many things out there that i wish more people were aware but i really truly feel in my heart that there would be a cure today if we had more people who were aware right i personally know two people with parkinson's which might be a little unusual so one's um about six or seven years younger than me the other one's a little bit older but yeah the man that lived across the street from me got parkinson's lived in a big huge mansion it was beautiful and he had to sell it and move to a smaller mm -hmm. place because it was just too, too much to even just walk from one end of the house to the other so he bought a much smaller place in doylestown and uh he's still around too and it's been at least 10 years but it's actually, a lot of people might have signs but not sure what it is so they're individuals like my mother who didn't have the external tremors like michael j fox has right but uh the grip of any different symptoms sometimes it's not parkinson's uh but uh, as a i work in law enforcement and i'm an attorney but one odd area i remember even in the police academy when training police don't have enough training but they might pull someone over and think they might have a DUI or you know driving while intoxicated right and actually Parkinson's and I've heard stories where the officer thankfully was very nice respectful understanding and didn't give the ticket but uh you know these are the things that you have to the, that person going through things that no other individual can explain or understand so I never when I speak to individuals I never you know put myself in their shoes because I can't I right. just tell my story and my mother's and how you know our experiences but that's the one unique and tough thing with Parkinson's is every single individual it just treats them differently how they handle it can be treated differently in their you know medicine so it's so unique but tough and it's a challenge right just treat everyone with with respect we don't know what they're going through sometimes they look healthy but they're not they're in constant pain and we don't know that so treat everyone with respect and then everything will be a, at the world would be a much better place it really would yeah. Fortunately, it's easier to say than to do for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, George, for being my guest today and sharing the memory of your mother. Uh, she sounds like a wonderful woman, and this was a horrible disease that she had to go through. But uh, I think you and your family are working hard to educate the public, and that's really, really important because, like I said, we don't know enough about it, and we have to do a lot more fundraising because there won't be a cure until there's more fundraising. So hopefully people will start forming some small groups and doing some fundraising. Yeah, we've actually donated and fundraised about $9,000 in our just three years, which is not easy because I don't like to ask for money, and I'm not asking now, but if anyone is interested and donating you can go to our website www.togetherforsharon.com you click donation that goes directly to uh, in memory of my mother so sometimes unfortunately when my mother passed we weren't planning and we didn't understand any of this so uh, people were donating which is great but it didn't really go in memory of my mother so those were lost but of course it still helps but we actually last thing is we you know we started this as a funny story when i started this uh, my mother passed very out of nowhere we weren't planning on this and it was more a long-term hospice which was really a new thing which never heard. usually you think of hospice it's only a few days but we were in it for a year uh, and uh, so she passed and i thought we'd have a few people at the funeral 
So I didn't think of a lot of it, but I wanted, my wife gave it an idea. Why not make a little band and, you know, so people remember. Well, when, after the funeral, we had a big crowd. It was nice, but uh, great support. My, at the time, my, my sister-in-law, her boyfriend at the time, now they're married, he sent me a picture and it was just his hand with the band. It wasn't his face and it, you know, it was just his hand. And I right. thought, you know, we're, we're in a world now, which is good, but it's sad that, you know, people like their privacy. So we started uh, getting pictures of people with the band in different spots and locations, Disney World, police right. department cars and things, and it kind of <laughs> went viral. Even Willie Geist's wife, uh, Christina, from uh, the Today Show had, and she was saying she's running this morning and just happened to see this, and she got the band, and it was just like uh, it went viral, and it went around all over the world. I had to kind of cut back because we paid out of our own pocket. And, uh, you know, it's hard to ship a band to England and France, but uh, wow. uh, so that, uh, but it was an incredible experience. I have like 600 pictures of people uh, in their arms and band. People had tattoos that said hope. And then the band, it was just a few. And if you go on our website, you can see the story yep. behind I, the bands. But now I do a lot more uh, bands. I usually just pass out now when we're live. I do more of the interviews because it's just efficient. But, uh, you know, it was just a, great experience for you know it's amazing people too with the podcast it's nice to take something uh that's sad but turn it positive which is not easy but uh my mother would have loved to and uh and now we just mentioned we just started our first ever podcast we're not going to do it as amazing as you do (laughs) we just wanted to try out you know actually my first guest was my wife so we we have it's called uh together for sharing podcast but it's called the a conversation about awareness so we just get in there and we just talk we don't have any script we talk about and she got to talk about her first time she ever met my mother mm-hmm. next month is our first one with a incredible lady named donna who runs team fox detroit and she had uh the dbs surgery a few times which is supposed to help uh, individual parts of brain surgery and my mother never wanted to pursue that but uh, it, i've spoken to some individuals who've done it and it's very, you know, it's not, it's a risky thing, but he, he said it's changed his life and he wished he did it 15 years ago. So oh. it actually uh, helped him a lot. So some people wouldn't help, some it does, but that's going to be our next, second podcast. And we have one a month scheduled. So they're not easy, as you know, but we're yeah. just kind of jumping. One a in. month will be plenty of work for you. So, but that's good. <laughs> one a month is fine. And you can go back, all the people that you already interviewed, get them on the podcast. Right, because that exactly. would be very interesting. And people yeah. who are dealing with it need to reach out early and get as many resources in your pocket as possible because it progresses and you want to know what's available before your loved one gets really bad. And like right. to, before they get to the point where they need 24-hour care, you need to yeah. know how do I hire a caregiver? How do I find the best care? There's so much to know that you have to start right away if you're if someone that you love is diagnosed with with Parkinson's. Just start doing your research immediately. But your website's yeah. great for that. You have a lot of information there. And the nice thing with podcasts is I actually I could speak to people around the world because we with my interviews I've actually interviewed individuals from uh, representing Parkinson's in Africa, yep. Italy, Spain, England, France. I mean, I was shot Ireland, and uh, I was shocked to know that all these individuals are also uh, going through the same thing. 
Well, you're already talking around the world because my podcast goes out to a lot of different countries. I think there's 20 different countries that, you know, I interviewed someone in Thailand. So there's people there that listen, Japan, uh, Brazil, Spain, Germany, Great Britain, Russia, um, Shanghai. I've got Chinese listeners, Shanghai. Yeah. So you're going to be all over the world with this one. So, you know, you're going to get a good listening audience. Yeah, I just want to thank you for your time and all your listeners. Again, it means the world, not just to me, but to the, my family. It would have meant a lot to my mother and also to the entire Parkinson's community who makes up a very large amount of individuals. And really, we just want to, I, a lot of the great sayings are when we find a cure, we'll be all out of business, which I don't make a business, not a business, but we'll be happy, be the, right? <laughs> that'll be the best news because, again, uh, my dream is never to have, my goal is never to have anyone have to go through what my mother or my family did ever again. So thank you all for You're your welcome. time. Um, again, we're all, I'm always here. I'm just an email or a call away for anyone in the community or outside of the Parkinson's community. Thank Great. you. Great. Well, thank you for being a guest. I felt this was an important topic, so thank you very much. Thank you. It means a lot. You're welcome. Bye-bye. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old. This podcast is sponsored by Premier Podcast Productions. Looking to take your podcast to the next level with video? Are you looking to develop a podcast but don't know where to start? From recording and editing to final distribution and marketing, we can help every step of the way to make your podcast stand out and get the results it deserves. Contact us today at premierpodcastpros.com to take your podcast to the next level. 